head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 226 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. Shawnee Podcasts, a.k.a. The Pod God. And today I'm <laughs> joined... Nobody, you're not known as either of those things. Everyone calls me The Pod God. I heard like six people calling me The Pod God in the last week. So it's not a name that I've chosen for myself. But now that people are calling me it, I, I feel like I, I have to take it. it like, I, I wouldn't be embrace the man of the holy. people. I have to embrace <laughs> it. I wouldn't be the man of the people that I've always been if I didn't embrace that this hashtag pod god nickname that, that these people have given me. So, and so humble. So humble. I, I, it, one of my many, many, many great traits is being humble. You know, you know, what, you, you know what your problem is, John? Mm-hmm. Too much integrity. Too much integrity. Too nice. Too humble. <laughs> too much integrity. Anyway, <laughs> I'm joined today by the Orange Cassidy of Irish Media, Graham McDonald, as you might have heard there, uh, to talk about a pretty big week in the world of mixed martial arts. Any crack with you anyway, Graham, before we get into the MMA? Any news? Uh, no, not particularly. No, uh, it was good. Uh, it was a good. Fo- it was a good um, main event. Anyway, it was. I was looking forward to him more than I, I would be most cards. Most cards these days. Most of the cards these days. It's hard to even remember who's on what card because uh, the fights are not really that relevant. But uh, this one was definitely, definitely relevant. Yeah, hundred percent. It was. It was definitely one that we were looking forward to. Definitely one that was relevant, as you say. And you know, there's, there's not much that you could. In, in the world of MMA, for kind of us who have to troll through all of these cards and look, you know, look forward to the fights in terms of looking to see what's going to happen and not in terms of, like, anticipating them, can't really wait for them to come. Um, and what, you know, we, it's rare that we get to, like, really enjoy the prospect of a big fight. Um, but to me, it didn't live up to it. Did, did it live up to it for you? What did you think of the fight? Did you think it was a, a good man of interview in Habib and Dustin? Yeah, I did actually. I thought it kind of went as as I kind of thought it would. Like w- one of the ways I thought it could go, or probably would go. Uh, I thought um, Poirier he obviously had his moments and, and probably should have done better with his moments, but maybe there was a bit there was a bit more uh, on his side than I expected. But it wasn't too not it wasn't too far away from what I expected. Um. Uh... It was kind of far away from what I expected, to be honest. I, like, coming into this fight, I, I thought, you know, watching Dustin Barrio fight Max Holloway and produce a brilliant game plan like he did in in that fight uh, was, was exceptional. And that's why I kind of thought he would have, a you know, a, a great chance against Tabi. Because, you know, someone said... You know, I, I was on submission radio. They asked me last week. Someone said afterwards as well, uh, who like who's going to beat Habib now? What kind of style do you need? And I still maintain you need a style like a Dustin Poirier, like how Dustin Poirier normally fights. Who has a good jab, who can push lads back, uh, who can stop takedowns against defense. That's the kind of style you need. Um, but to me, Dustin Poirier. The great game plan that he did against Max Holloway and his ability to produce a great game plan, very different game plan obviously needed on Saturday night, but he just didn't produce that game plan at all. And you could see it on Poirier's face afterwards in the in, in the post-fight interview, in the post-fight press conference. You could see it. You could, And to me, you know, this is not just a Dustin Poirier thing. This is... This to me is a Habib Nurmagomedov thing. I said, if anyone listens to this podcast or any podcast I'm on talking about Habib Nurmagomedov, the very first thing I always say is, you have to fight him like he's not Habib Nurmagomedov. You have to fight him like he's fighter A. You know, these are his traits. He's these. Is, this is what he can but do. Conor always used to talk about uh, Conor McGregor. Used to always talk about nameless, faceless opponents and mm-hmm. just body types and movements and you know not getting head up in in. Any kind of talk about how somebody fights or how good they are or something, just concentrating on yourself and doing what you need to do to win the fight. And I think it's it's hard to do that against somebody like, for example, a, a Habib or a, a John Jones or historically like an Anderson Silva or a GSP, just because of how much respect for them 
fighters have. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, that's exactly it. And Connor didn't do that. You know, he in his fight, he didn't fight him like that. Dustin Poirier definitely didn't. We, I'm sure we'll get into that. But I was kind of thinking, like, I think Habib might be one of the lads you need to fight twice to have a better chance again. I'm not saying you're going to beat him because he's an unbelievably good fighter. Uh, and we, we need to talk about Habib and what he's great at as well afterwards. Because I think we don't talk about that enough because we kind of know it and we talked about it so much and he does the same thing over and over again but you know a lot of the times and it it might sound like we're anti-habib but it's not anti-habib it's actually pro-habib talking about what you need to beat him because he's so good you know he habib is at a stage where he's a bit like you know man united in the in the 2000s or the 90s or like a michael schumacher or phil taylor or something like that it's he's just so good it's like who's going to beat him how are you going to beat him what can you concoct to even think about something to beat Habib Nurmagomedov? He's reached that level for me. Well, just... well it's not really like Man United getting getting hammered hammered in the Champions League every year, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> but you know, in the, okay, in the league. But you know what I mean? Like he's he has reached that level. Um, but on on Dustin Poirier first, as we're kind of talking about that to to, to start it off. You know, I suppose it's easy for me to come in here and say like you know, and, and uh, to, that Dustin Poirier didn't produce it. You know. It's not just Dustin Poirier, as I said earlier. Uh, you said against John Jones. Every every time someone fights John Jones, um, Anthony Smith, I just couldn't throw my shots. If I fought him again, maybe I'd be able to throw my shots. Uh, Glover Teixeira said the same. Loads of people say it. Against Habib, Conor McGregor came out afterwards and said the same thing. Uh, and I'm sure Dustin Poirier, will, he, he basically said it in the press conference last night as well. Um, and it's very, very tough. But if you could, like the first 15 seconds of that fight last night, I knew it wasn't going to go well for Dustin Poirier because he started the fight afraid of the takedown. Now, I'm not saying he's afraid. I'm not saying he's scared of Habib or anything like that. But when you are fighting Habib, and I've said this over and over and over again, you have to be confident in your ability and you can't go in there and fight Habib Nurmagomedov. You have to fight this fighter at what he's good at. Now, if you fight Habib and you stand back and you try to stay out of his takedown range, that's the worst thing you can do against Habib because there's no one better at breaking that range really quickly and getting the takedown. He's done it in every fight. Look, remember him chasing Edson Barboza around the cage to get him down when Edson was trying to fight from kicking range and Edson is really good from far out range. So for Edson, it's a little bit different. But you know what I mean? His ability to break that range is phenomenal. Poria is a guy who jabs really well, pushes guys back, pushes guys back well, can counter well, and has good takedown defense against the cage. Right, so countering against Habib, drawing him onto you, probably not the best thing to do because he's just going to get in and take you down. Um, so you need to push him, push him forward with that jab. He didn't do it at all. He came out straight away. He stood in kicking range, outside of range against Habib. And what are you going to do from there? You're just basically waiting to get taken down or else you're waiting to, you know, throw a knee inside. We saw against McGregor. That doesn't really work when Habib comes forward. Now, he could have he knocked him out or whatever. But every time I went back and watched the fight, every time Poirier got taken down, he got taken down in that the Anthony Pettis mode, as I like to say. Not circling, pushing his back against the fence. Like, Habib didn't really have to break a long distance at any time in the fight because Habib was backing up away from that distance Habib or uh, sorry Poirier oh, yeah, was, was backing, backing up, up. Poirier yeah, was backing up it, and that's exactly what I've been saying for the last year about Habib backing up he took he took him down every time backing up so what what should you do push forward now it's easier said than done to push forward but the thing about it is the, the, the thing that made me kind of if I was Poirier and you could see Poirier the, the anguish in his face afterwards and you know I, I might sound like I'm being a bit harsh but I'm, I'm telling you what happened in the fight in my opinion you might disagree with me to see Poirier on the feet fight like you know fight like he's afraid to get taken down and then when the fight goes to the ground he did unbelievably well for me like he he kept it in scrambles i I did the the rewatch last night uh, last week of habib and connor and uh, different habib fights every time always look at it right it's his hips he gets his hips down hard upon you then his shoulder his shoulder first actually to take you down and pin you down then his hips gets him around your hips and hits you with big shots he couldn't do that to dustin almost at all he got at the very end of the first round uh, but in all through the first round, Dustin kept it in scrambles. He kept it in scrambles. He was very, very patient. Uh, Habib almost had a rear naked choke at one time. I don't think it was, you know, it was close or anything. Dustin did really, really well. Like, and then you say, okay. Uh, the, he was patient for the most of it, but it was a couple of moments where he kind of did kind of turn his back and nearly led to 
Yeah, but I think I think when you keep when you're fighting Habib and you keep it in kind of scrambles or jujitsu rather than wrestling, rather than him pinning you down with his shoulder or his hips, I think you're grand. And it's, okay, maybe you're no if you're not if you're Conor McGregor, maybe not, uh, or if you're someone else. But when you're Dustin Poirier and you're really really good good jujitsu artist and stuff like that, when you've loads of submissions and things, I, I think you are good. Um, and and he managed to do that. Like he looked to me, he looked calm. Okay, he got into bad positions, hundred percent, and he found it hard to get Habib off him. But he wasn't like. But that's just how good Habib is. Yeah, yeah. you're it, never it, gonna just completely control exactly. it. Like, but he he did put up a good showing on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then I suppose the the pro, the thing about that in is then is you know you're looking at that in the ground and kind of it went okay for him. You know, he didn't get smashed. He didn't really. It didn't take that much out of him in terms of cardio or anything. And it comes into the second round. And he comes out and he throws his hands. He does exactly what you'd want him to do for a while. And then he got very wild. He hit Habib with a big shot. I thought he rocked Habib and hit him a couple of times more. But what does he do then? He gets his back to the fence and gets taken down. Um, and there, was I, a couple of, there was a couple of, while he had Habib, thought he rocked. There was a couple of punches that he just missed on. And he was just, he seemed like he was throwing too hard in the moment. He just needed to kind of touch him before throwing the parish shot. But he, but he just saw the... Saw the finish line, I suppose, and swung for the fences a bit bit too hastily, I thought. Did you think it was kind of the, the weather and the heat in there that kind of fucked him? They seemed to get tired very quickly after that, like, 50 seconds of throwing shots, didn't they? Yeah. It seems always, though, like, oh, definitely the heat's going to contribute, but it seems that always when people are on the bottom of Habib, they just come up exhausted. Or not exhausted, but noticeably tired. Mm-hmm. Even if it's only a couple of minutes in the first round, a lot of fighters whatever whatever he's doing it takes a lot of strength to defend it it seems mm-hmm. yeah it, it, like it really does and I suppose from that point on it was kind of all Habib you know he got got him down to the ground he dominated him on the ground for the basically the rest of the uh, of the second round there was a few choke attempts and stuff like that they, look, j- they just look wrecked after that, that from that point on uh, the, the next round in uh, you know he had the guillotine as well and I suppose you know you look here and I'm uh, I think Poria. He, he went for he went for that guillotine in the second round on the, on, on the takedown. I think mm-hmm. as well, didn't he? Yeah, and you know, and, and, I, I, we said that last week. He, you know, he did it against Eddie Alvarez as well. That's something he has in his locker, isn't it? Yeah, and I've said before. I don't know if I said it on the podcast. I must have said it a few times that Habib does kind of leave his head a bit out there. Like mm-hmm. when he's going for the takedowns, he's 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 relentless with the takedowns. But that does if somebody, for example, uh, uh. T City was to was was to be fighting them, you know. There could be big trouble there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I'm one. Uh, Tony Ferguson's all, and we'll talk about that afterwards. Sorry, but, Ortega, yeah, Brian yeah, Ortega, T City, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's weird because you know he could have finished Habib with strikes at the end of the or at the start of the second round. He could have finished him with that guilty, and Habib said it was very very close as well uh, at the start of the third round. He probably got. Yeah, he got his leg over, but he, <laughs> yeah. he couldn't get his. What was it? His right leg free from under Habib. But if he had of that, would have that would have been it. That was that was a deep choke mm-hmm. from from the angle that they showed. So he came closer than anyone ever to beating Habib. But I think he fought terribly. Tebow, yeah, Tebow, as well. Well, I suppose, yeah. But I thought he fought. I thought he fought a terrible fight, but he still won. And you know, I text you last night and goes, "What did you think of the fight?" And what was your reply? It was like, "There's holes there." Dustin had his chances. He did have his chances, didn't he? Yeah. So what, like, the thing about okay, we you know we 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 talked about Dustin for a long time. So let's talk about Habib. What did you think overall of the Habib performance and Habib going forward, and what what it might take to to beat him? I I thought it was very Habib like uh, what he does. Like it might not be the most exciting to to most people or to nearly everybody, but. It's so effective, and uh, as you kind of mentioned earlier, it has, I don't know what the word, it's not scared, but it's, it has other fighters so focused on mm-hmm. on that that they're making bad decisions or they're anxious. Their game plan, oh, yeah, I don't know, yeah, it's it's unsettling, these fighters, it seems. Um, he kind of just does what he did, what he always did, except he nearly got, nearly got caught in a guillotine, and he, he got hit with a pretty good punch at one stage, but... Yeah. He's he, yeah. He's he, he's just he's just very hard. It's a very hard style matchup for for like that division is absolutely stacked. Like the talent in that division is is unbelievable. But if you if you look through it, there's there's pretty much all the guys. Habib is a terrible matchup for. He's mm-hmm. he's his his most hard matchup for Habib is probably somebody who's got really good submissions, like a like an Ortega, for example, who's obviously a weight class below, but is big enough to to go to lightweight. I think, but. 
Um, obviously on the feet he's a bit vulnerable as well but once he gets in any trouble he, he does have that chain of takedown attempts that seems to always work so it's, it's very difficult to see who, who's going to beat him um, in that division even though that division is so stacked it just shows how good Habib is that the, the best the most talent rich division ever and it's hard to see who's going to beat him mm-hmm. I, I can't see anyone there at the moment now someone someone will beat him someone will will figure out someone like, like an ortega like somebody who's like uh, like that like i know he's not even in the division now but what do you think about that i don't think so i don't think anyone has beaten habib on the ground to be honest okay Parry nearly submitted him last night but he didn't ortega really you think he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be uh, safe i think he ma- i think he mauls ortega on the ground i think he mauls everyone on the ground like mm. Jiu-Jitsu doesn't work in high-class MMA. It just doesn't. Let's <laughs> it doesn't like it. When was the last what, what time? What was Habib do? Habib just used Jiu-Jitsu in all his fights. Nah, it's it's wrestling. Like, when was the last time someone was submitted? Ah, fuck off! You can't rear naked choke people in wrestling. Okay, <laughs> let, let, let's think about it now. The 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 flyweight championship. Oh, no, I won't go through this because there's definitely submissions. <laughs> Did they all on? Habib submitted Faria last night. <laughs> And what happened in his last fight? Who did he submit a Conor <laughs> McGregor? McGregor as well. But you know, he didn't submit him with, well, he didn't submit him with jiu-jitsu, I was about to say, but he beat him at wrestling. Like, it's, I really don't think you're getting into a jiu-jitsu matchup and you're catching someone in a, in a, a submission anymore. Like, Habib is submitting lads because he's beating them up and he's, he's basically beating the fight out of him, making them quit. Like, that, that's basically what Habib is doing. And that's harsh, you know, saying, making them quit. But like, he's beating the fight out of him, right? He's, he's not, they're not going in there, fuck, I can't fight anymore, I'm giving up. You know, he's beating that fight out we saw Daniel Cormier doing the same to Anthony Johnson we've seen loads of people do it they just they just beat the fight out of him and I, I don't think someone's just catching a beat now he nearly got caught last night so you know maybe I'm wrong but when I look at it I look at uh, you have to you can't look at it right as in someone's going to go in and they're going to catch him with one shot and knock him out or they're going to catch him with a submission and knock him out I think to beat someone as good as Habib you need to beat him overall like and okay what we need to do here, I think, right, is instead of saying, can Tony Ferguson beat him? Can Conor McGregor beat him? Can Justin Gaethje beat him? Can Dustin Poirier beat him? We need to think what can beat well, they him. Well, can, they can beat him, but... Like, they can. Uh, but what, no, what can definitely beat, beat him? What can definitely beat him? I think it's, I think you have to have someone with brilliant takedown defence who is a good striker. Because Habib's striking is good, but it's not great. And if you're a very, very good striker, or even a very good striker, you'll beat Habib, I think. But you have to add good takedown defense for it. So if someone comes in and has wrestling as good as Habib, um, and they're a better striker than him, they'll beat him. Okay, that might sound easy to say, but who has better wrestling than Habib? You know, some people. I saw a few people saying, saying Gregor Gillespie, he's unbelievable wrestling. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe he's the one on the come-up who can beat uh, Habib. Um, but it's tough to say. Maybe Justin Gaethje. You know, Justin everybody, Gaethje. Everybody loses in the end. Like, uh, nobody gets out clean. Yeah, um, they John do. Jones will lose. Habib will lose. Most likely, all these guys will lose. The one, the thing about Habib is as well. The longer his reign goes, the more people be preparing for Habib Nurmagomedov. You know, we we saw it with Anderson Silva when Chris Weidman beat him. Yeah, he said Weidman. Was, like since since I started this thing, I've been looking at Anderson Silva preparing to fight him. Yeah, McGregor, same against Jose Aldo. I've been looking for the last three years and nothing but Jose Aldo this is the guy I'm gunning for I want to beat and Jose Aldo is you know he's preparing for the Korean Zombie Kenny Florian Chad Mendes you know he's looking at all different people whereas that lad Conor McGregor coming up looking at him Chris Weidman coming up doing nothing but looking at Anderson Silva I'm sure the same has happened with John Jones the same will be happening now with Habib even like Habib would have been looking at McGregor would have been looking at other guys mm-hmm. like for, for example when he's coming up 100% yeah 100% but like he, he, he like, like obviously they don't like each other now but uh, Habib did come to the dressing room after after the Parier knockout by McGregor and pose her picture and wearing a Conor McGregor t-shirt so mm-hmm. yeah so he did yeah and it, that's just the way MMA goes you know it's a circle and someone will come up and they will beat Habib John Jones will get beaten they, you know we saw Daniel Cormier beaten not too long ago people were calling him the pound for pound number one in the world and so it happens it happens in MMA but Habib Nurmagomedov he said last night that he's the pound for pound number one fighter in the world um, and I still think it's probably between Jones and uh, Demetrius Johnson 
but it's hard to de- deny Habib. He's just so dominant. Okay, if you're looking at an all-around brilliant fighter, and that's how I like to judge him, that's why I've always said Dimitri Shanton, Habib isn't that. But there's no one in the world who dominates high-class fighters as much as Habib Nurmagomedov does. Even John Jones, you know, we saw him against Thiago Santos struggling a little bit. Habib hasn't struggled like that since, you know, Gleason Tebow. That was a long time ago. Since then, it's basically been nothing. You know, he lost that one round against McGregor. He had a few iffy moments oh, last night. That I Quinta fight was, you know, that was weird. I think it was just a, an odd fight, but like he's just utterly dominant, and he's this, he's this matchup that, and I'll say it again because I think it needs to be said again. You have to fight. You can't fight the man. You have to fight the fighter. You have to fight the fighter. If you go in as scared to be taken down against Habib, you're already beaten. And I know that's easier said than done, but you have to go out there and you have to fight your game. McGregor said it. Poirier said it. Everyone who ever fights Habib who will get beaten will say it. And that's why I think maybe in a rematch... I'm not saying McGregor... Maybe, maybe Poirier in a rematch if he wins three or four fights or, you know, maybe if... Let's let's talk about this before we move on from this fight. Do you think Tony Ferguson has a chance against Habib? Of course he has a chance, but style matchup-wise, I really don't see... Uh, I never really saw him. I, I, I actually don't see Tony Ferguson as uh, anywhere near as good as uh, I think most people see him See him as. I think uh, I think he's been very lucky. In, in, uh, not lucky, but he's he's, he's been fl- uh, flying very close to the wind uh, in, a, in a lot of fights, nearly getting knocked out. He's very hittable. Um, I think all that kind of diving under people, it's not going to work at all against Habib. Um yeah, it's MMA. Anything can happen. He, he's definitely a really good fighter. Don't don't get me wrong, but I think Habib's on a different level. I like. I think uh, Connor's uh, on a different level too. I think uh, Connor and he's back in the day. I think he was, but now I'm not so sure. But Habib, I, I agree. I think Habib is is a terrible matchup for him. But is Tony Ferguson? I remember the unbelievable Zeus do this this sketch, and they they did it about this lad who's gone to Australia, and he he they said he'll succeed because he's stupid enough to succeed. <laughs> I feel like Tony Ferguson might be stupid enough to be to be, and that that that's a compliment now, weirdly, because Tony Ferguson is a guy, and you know I've said it for the last twenty minutes here in this podcast. You need to go out and you need to throw your shots against Habib. I feel like Tony Ferguson will go out there and throw all his shots against Habib. He will do those roles. He will will have no fear of getting taken down by Habib. He'll be happy enough. He'll try to do his jujitsu. I don't think it'll work, but he'll try it. I feel like he'll walk forward and try to be be Habib walking forward, and. I don't think he has necessarily the skill set. I don't think maybe he has the power in his shots or, you know, the ability to stay on the feet for like four rounds against Habib, which it might need with a style like that to beat Habib up and up and up and up to beat him to, to finish him. Um, But you'd, you'd never know. I feel like that fight... I feel like that fight would be exciting for periods. Now, the thing about Habib these days is people call him boring because I think... Habib on the on the come up was a fellow who'd take you down and absolutely decimate you and land loads of strikes. And remember the Michael Johnson fight after the early goings? That was one of the most exciting ground and pound uh you know sequences we've we've ever seen, the way he just destroyed him. But the the better the opponents get, the tougher the matchups get, the harder it is to do that, and that's maybe why people will call him boring. But against Tony Ferguson, I feel like Tony will be moving around. He'll be, he'll be making himself very hard, uh, maybe not to hit, but very hard to hold down, very hard to uh, to you know to to dominate. Now he probably will end up dominating him, I think, eventually. Uh, but I feel like Tony Ferguson might be just mad enough. Like I don't, I don't particularly think Tony has a great what about Gaethje and that kind of yeah that that was the next one I was going to bring up like do you think he's wrestling I know he's a good wrestler but do you think his wrestling is good enough to stop the takedown it's really hard to know because we haven't really seen uh, his wrestling in a long time um he's got the credentials and he's shown in the past in other organizations a little bit but it's really hard to know like we we have a large sample size of Habib's wrestling we don't really against high level guys we don't really have a sample size of of Gaethje's Mm mm-hmm yeah, so, yeah, but he's definitely willing to go forward, and uh, like as long as he doesn't fight the man, as you say, instead of the fighter, the body type or the the body movements, and goes out there and does what he always does, he he'd be trying to push a beat back, and yeah. maybe that could cause some trouble. Like we haven't really seen when when like we have seen it a little bit, and we've we've seen people get some success with it. Like it's not like obviously there's only a tiny bit of success, and when somebody's undefeated and has basically won like what 90 percent of the rounds that they've been in mm-hmm. it, it, obviously you're looking for looking for flaws or looking for possible slight weaknesses and 
There aren't many there. Maybe, maybe he can deal with that no problem. Maybe maybe he he'll just immediately get a takedown and and it'll be easy for him, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. I still think Max Holloway is a bad matchup for him as well if he was to come back up, but it doesn't look like that's happening. But uh, I suppose we better move on. Last thing before we move on, give me give me two names here. Maybe maybe one name. Um, who do you think should be next for Habib? Who do you think will be next for Habib? Mm, who should be next? Like in terms of like sporting merit. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever way you want to do it yourself. Whatever you think. Mm. <laughs> but Tony, like, uh, they tried to put it together four times. Yeah. So I can I can see why they're hesitant to do that. But there is like a backstory there. And people, Tony is like a known guy. Like, you know, uh, I think the Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo talking about him constantly on, on that is is part of the reason as well but also because he's a crazy bastard like mm-hmm. like you mentioned uh and, and makes headlines so uh, that would make sense also though the, the mcgregor fight it, just there's so much money to be made there there's such a good story there it's it's such a huge fight how long are these like you know how long are you going to keep them apart for and risk like not being able to make it at this this huge fight uh, at this level of uh, interest and money mm. Such a shield. So, <laughs> well, what do you do? You not think that's? Like- yeah, I know, but uh, yeah, we look. We talked about McGregor last week. I, I think for his best interest, he needs to come. You know, Paul Felder won last night. We'll, we'll get to that. Maybe, maybe that would be a fight that that would be good for Conor McGregor. He could bring it to Ireland, even. You know, have have a fight in the Tree Arena against Paul Felder. I know. You know, you want. I think he's not a big name, Felder. Like it's sort of. Yeah, but McGregor MMA. doesn't need a big name now. He needs if he wants to get back in fighting. You know, if he wants to make money, grand. Wait for the Habib fight. He'll eventually get a hundred percent but that's not what he should be doing i don't think at the moment if you if it's all you could do, do a former champion pettis or as you mentioned yeah, or you could yeah. do a you know you could do different fights a cerrone a gaichi yeah, yeah well, anything but I, I the main point here is he sh- i don't think he should be fighting to be but for me it has to be tony ferguson we you know okay this this fight i remember at the last time when it fell out i was like you can't make this fight again it just it just can't happen but I think long enough has gone now. It's it's probably like a year over a year, 18 months maybe since they last made it. I think, you know, Habib has been very fit. It was mostly Habib. I think his injuries were the big problem. It was two and two, I think. It was yeah, but Tony Ferguson pulled out twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one Habib of the, one of the times I was Tony Ferguson falling over that wire, which was a bit weird. But, you know, <laughs> uh, Habib is, uh, Habib's injury problem seems to be over him. You know, Tony seems to be back from his injuries. Well, what, about the, what about those rumours you were peddling last week about yeah. uh, <laughs> What did you think? Did you think it mm. looked like he was carrying some kind of injury? I don't know. I was waiting for him afterwards to say it. We, we didn't see much of him. Like we did, we didn't see him. On like conspiracy theorists, yeah, John Gian. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, let's let's see how it goes. Uh, right, let's move on because we'll spend about eight hours in, on that fight. And I'm, I'll talk about it more in the Q and A this week. Sign up patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. It costs thirty euro to buy the pay per view on BT Sports this week. You can get six months of Patreon for that thirty euro. So I think that'd be that'd be well spent. Patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. Uh, you can get it there. Sign up. Help us out. Uh, we did a we did a video show there the other day, the betting show. So we're gonna hopefully do that once a month. If if we get more subscribers, maybe we can buy more equipment and do things. I'd probably need another laptop to do more video shows and stuff. So we need more people to sign up so we can afford to divide them and do more things. So if everyone signs up, if we get to like a few a uh, few hundred subscribers on Patreon, maybe we can move this even to a to a video show and stuff like that. But. We're a bit off from that, but we need your help. You know, we we are. Yeah, you're uh, not rich. You're not rich from the McGregor explosion a few years ago. <laughs> me, me, you're the everybody, one. Everybody, everybody in our gym, mate. You're the one with ears, no? You're the one with documentaries on fucking Netflix and Fox and on the cinemas. Like, you're a fucking millionaire. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be shocked how fucking little, you <laughs> <laughs> fucking nothing so far. <laughs> wet the old McGregor needs to wet the old pause earlier. Give us a few interviews there on on Patreon. Fucking and, uh, Universal are experts in fucking. <laughs> Robin. making up costs that didn't happen Robin Bastard today, yeah I got my name at the end of the film anyway in the credits anyway so that's all that matters so. uh, right look there wasn't really much else on this card to be honest and don't say I never treat you eh? yeah exactly uh, you bought me a cup of coffee once as I remember that and even though I don't drink coffee yeah you didn't want it yeah, yeah. I was just like no I'm not I'm not fucking taking that uh, Paul Felder against Edson Barboza what did you think of this fight who did you think won I thought uh, I wasn't watching it all that closely and it was a close fight but I, I thought Barboza had won, but I'd have to watch it back. Yeah, I, I thought he did as well, but it was yeah, it was very close. I thought, you know, the, the first round, Feller complained about the headbutt, even though it was kind of him uh, doing the headbutt. 
the second round, there was a takedown from Barboza, a very, very good takedown. Um, Felder was kind of fighting at Barboza's distance for a while, and but Barboza wasn't thrown enough, I don't think. Uh, and Felder won the, the second round. The third round in was very close at that. Edson won the, won the first as well. Uh, and Edson Barboza's corner told him he was two rounds up after the second, which turns out to be obviously be very foolhardy. But it's a close fight. You know, I wouldn't say anything you know, about, about the judges in that fight. I, I thought it was very close. I, I would have probably given it to Edson, but I haven't watched it back, so maybe not. It was a very good fight, though. I, I think it was... Maybe a little bit of an underrated fight because there really wasn't that much on the line. You know, the winner of this not mm, going to be the title. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't. I don't know if it was that great of a fight. Like, um, it was kind of. It, it wasn't a bad fight or anything, but uh, the way the commentators were going on at the end, I thought was a bit over the top. But yeah. I suppose they, they're obviously trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they need that kind of stuff for future highlights and stuff as well. I suppose, but yeah. Um, this this is one that people that, saying a rematch. I don't know about yeah, that. Like it wasn't fight. that exciting that I'm like, oh, we need to see this again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I, like to me, I think like maybe in the future, but I don't think you know it's one of those fights where you're like, oh, that was brilliant. Let's we need two more rounds, or we we need to rematch that straight away. Mm-hmm. I, I think we I, we both picked Edson to win this fight. I picked him by decision on our, our betting podcast, and obviously we we're both wrong, both almost right. And the other one with Andrea Lee as well. I thought she won, and that that, that oh. was two of our bets ruined by judges. Yeah. Fuck's sake, that. that at least like judges. one right. You got you, you, all three of yours are wrong, were they? Uh, yeah, all three of mine were wrong. But two of them are extremely close. Like two, two of them yeah, are the, the fucking. Two, but the, your two, I would have been perfect if if those decisions hadn't gone the wrong way. Yeah. But fuck it, what can you fuck do? It, yeah, fucking judges. They, those UAE judges, fucking Robin. <laughs> Hometown decisions. I don't even know. Joanne Calderwood got a hometown decision in Abu Dhabi. But, uh, <laughs> uh, did, did you fight before we go? What did you think of the? What, what did you think of the arena? I, I don't know. Why? What did you think of it? I don't know. It 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 didn't seem that great. Remember they had the one before dude. that arena, but a few years ago, that arena looked a lot better. Did it? I don't really remember. That's not. I don't really to take much account of them sort of things. Was it, I saw it kind of the outside of it? They threw it up and they didn't really have much air conditioning. Like a fucking uh, electric picnic tent or something. Yeah. Like Jeez, I, I'd never got one of them electric picnics or anything. Fuck's that. Sleeping in my own shit in mud. Fuck that. I'm actually Too going lazy. to... lazy. Uh, That's why you have, to, you have to walk a bit. I'm going to see Melanie Martinez there in the Olympiad in uh, in, in December, I think it is, actually. I've never been to the Olympiad. It's nice. Have you been there? Yeah, I've been to the Olympiad. Yeah, it's good because uh, it's small and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's real old, but it's cool, yeah. Yeah, let's have a look at it. But anyway, we better... Actually, before uh, before we move kind of away from this card, but my uh, rating for Habib Nurmagomedov versus Dustin Poirier, what would you give it? Uh, low sixes. Uh, six point two. Really, I give I give it a 5.3 I was a bit really. Yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe looking back in it, it was a better fight than I thought. But I I try to give my ratings on the night and how I feel on the night. And just on the night, I felt like Dustin Poirier's game planning was very bad. Uh, and I thought it was it wasn't that one side. I suppose I'm, I'm a bit, little bit harsh in that, but. Yeah, I, I give it a 5.3. I, I didn't think it was necessarily good. Um, anyway, the rest of the card, Islam Makachev beat Davi Ramos and, you know, not really much of an mm, event. Terrible fight. Yeah, yeah. Makachev, good. Uh, Curtis Blades beat Shami. He looked good as well. You know, poor old Shami. So close yet so far. Uh, Carlos Diego Fajaya beat uh, Marbek Tysimov. In, it was an okay fight. And, and you know, a very, very good win for him. Tysimov is, you know, dangerous. Um, Joanne Calderwood beat Andre Lee. I thought Andre Lee had done enough, but it was another close one. I haven't watched it back yet. Uh, Zuberia Tuhugov uh, and Liran Murphy drew. Uh, that was definitely another close one. Sarah Marash got a good win. Belen Mohammed again, looked very, very good here. Uh, I, I really like Belen. I think he's a good, uh, good fighter. Uh, Muslim Salikov got a unbelievable KO against Nardine Taleb just absolutely brilliant uh, and Omari uh, Magmanov uh, and uh, Don Madge South Africa's as he called himself the next the, he's going to be South Africa's answer to Conor McGregor and uh, GSP so uh, <laughs> let's see how, let's see how that works similar. Out. let's see how that works out nobody in like he's going to bring the whole country with him and stuff so there you go uh, right the next card we're going to talk about we've loads still to talk about uh, is Cage Warriors uh, because there was lots of Irish interest. This is basically like an Irish guard over in uh, over London. Obviously, they're coming back to Ireland as well. We, I spoke about that last week, so I might get your take on it as well. But what did you think? Uh, it was a mixed night, I suppose, for the Irish. But I think overall, a very good night for the Irish with some of the top prospects coming through here. They looked good, didn't they? Yeah, well, like, you know, we've been talking a lot about Paul Hughes for, I don't know, how many years now. It seems like a lot of years, even though he's only 3-0. and He's been out with a lot of injuries. We we saw him at Amateur, obviously, as well, um, on the local scene when, when, when there was a local scene over here. Mm. And uh, obviously your boy, Ian Gary, uh, 
both of those guys like looked looked brilliant, uh, lived up to the hype. Like Paul Hughes with the rear naked choke, like never in trouble. Like, I think he got hit with like a couple of half punches, but it was it, it, it was a very good performance. Uh, Ian Gary obviously with the the question mark kick. Um, it didn't land with the shin, but the foot had enough to to drop the guy, and make him shell up, and and that was it. Like that was obviously a, another really good performance as well. Uh, Decky McAleenan, you know he. He seems to always be in these close fights, and he's five and three now. Like you know, uh, it's not the worst record, but a couple of little little things here and there, and he, he could have he could have a much better record than that. So I wouldn't wouldn't write him off yet either. And he's always exciting. So uh, yeah, and obviously the Joe McCoggan fight. What a fight! Uh, that was some fight. Yeah, Jesus. what a fight! Like uh, it, it was close, but but McCoggan was was, was I thought clearly enough winning the, the first and second round mm-hmm. but then the the third round seemed to be going pretty similar to the to the first two obviously close again but McCoggan winning but then all of a sudden he uh, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name can you bin, pronounce his name? Bin Lactar in Lactar mm-hmm. uh, he uh, he landed a big punch and it looked like he was going to finish McCoggan and uh, McCoggan did very well to hang on and initially looked looked out of it when he got back up to his feet as well and uh, just just managed to survive and uh, there was a couple more hairy moments as well where where he, it looked like it looked like maybe it could be stopped as well if if uh, McCoggan mm-hmm. you know made a couple of zigged when he should have zagged or whatever but he just hung on hung on hung on but I think it definitely was a 10-8 round uh, and I think the draw the draw that came down in the end was the right decision mm-hmm. uh, I'll talk about but that fight, fight as well. very very good fight I feel like Joe McCulligan is such a really really talented fighter and things kind of go wrong for him in lots of his fights you know he's winning he's winning he's winning and he gets hit with a big shot or you know he got knocked out in one of his recent fights there it feels like something is going to click for Joe McCulligan soon and he's just going to take off and be like an exceptional fighter. I feel like that's going to happen. His boxing is absolutely brilliant. He's a very, very well-rounded fighter. You know, a lot of people talking about Bin Lachter coming in this being one of the you know the top prospects coming through and Joe McCulligan took him apart for two rounds, really. Now, Bin Lachter looked dangerous all the, all the way through and I tweeted, uh, you know, McCulligan two rounds up but Bin Lachter looks dangerous and that's what happened. Joe showed great art to come through and I liked the way, he, you know, his interview afterwards. I was, it was definitely a draw. It was a 10-8 in the, you know, in, in the third round and stuff. I like lads like that who are real with themselves who, you know, <laughs> lots of lads there would have been roaring. I stayed in. I should have been, you know, I should have won. I won the first two rounds or whatever but I like the way he, he did that and um, you know just I love I love watching John McCulligan fight every time he fights it, it's always really really good uh, Decky McAleenan you know so his fights are so close I thought the judges just about got it right um, you know this to me was one sometimes Decky gets you know caught in the bottom uh, and uh, you know uses his Andrew McGann jiu-jitsu and stuff <laughs> to, uh, to uh, be dangerous against lads but this time I felt like he could have maybe got on the bottom a little bit more and gone for submissions a little bit more as well against uh, Tom Mearns. Uh But it was a good fight. He's striking is good. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a close on split decision. You know, it was it was very, very close. Uh, and in the, the two prospects... Before we get to the two prospects, actually, I have to mention... Jack Cartwright, who won the the bantamweight title, yeah, this, fucking hell, I hadn't even heard of him. Me neither. This. this guy, like, he looks like he's going to be going to the UFC soon. He looks like he's going to be knocking out lots of lads in cage wires before he gets there, and looks like he's going to be a, a threat. I saw a few lads from the north of England. Uh, uh, oh, what's he, uh, Jay Furness talking about him? He said, you know, lots of people didn't know him, but everyone in the north of England knew about him. This guy is a fucking beast. He the, the power he has at one thirty five. He knocked out um he knocked out Scott Malone who's been around for a, a good while uh, and he knocked out uh, Marko Kovacevic as well in the uh, in in the final. Looks really 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 good. So remember that name, Jack Cartwright. But the the two big Irish prospects, obviously, you know, the, I had Ian Gary on the podcast this week. Um, I, uh, I talked to Paul Hughes a while back as well. Looked really, really good. First on Paul Hughes. You know, a lot of people... We saw, we saw Paul Hughes fighting in um, in in Bam, and he came out with that fight that kind of went viral where he's just throwing these fucking hands going insane, you know, knocking, you know, knocking lads out and stuff. Uh, and I talked to him on that podcast, and I, I kind of said it to him about that a while back. 
you know, about striking and how how are you going to mix things up and stuff. And he goes, I'm I'm just as good at wrestling. I'm just as good on the ground and stuff like that. And, you know, when people say that to you, you believe him. But you're like thinking, hmm, I, you know, he's striking. You know, I, I hope he doesn't get away from that striker. He's a really good striker. But then he comes in last night. Big double leg. Slams him down on the ground. Lifts him up. Smashed him on the ground. A rear naked jokes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he wasn't lying. You know, he was telling the truth. So he can do it all. Paul Hughes is a fantastic prospect. He's uh, Cage Warriors after giving him a contract now, which is a blessing for Paul Hughes. I think it was actually given, was it given to him before and this was the first fight on it? Or uh, like I'm not sure, but either way, he's a contract with him anyway. He was, you know, he'd like 16 people pull out in fights and I know for a fact that, you know, that that happened a lot. A lot of people pulled out uh, of fights with him or, you know, got injured or, or whatever. They just fell through, but... He's had a horrendous time with injuries and people pulling out. And it's great now that Cage Warriors, hopefully they can turn him around quickly and get him on uh, this car card as well. So, you know, absolutely fantastic. And, and Ian Gary then just looked so composed, looked so good. His uh, opponent, Ma- uh, Mario Keglia, kept pulling guard in the first round. And lots of fighters at, what was he, 1-0 coming into this fight? Or, or was it 1-0, yeah? Would have gone down on top, would have played into his game, would have said, oh, he's giving me the top position here, I'll take it and I'll smash him. And maybe ended up getting armbarred or triangle or something like that. But Ian Gary was listening to Chris Fields, he got up, uh, he, he started striking again, he was hitting him with strikes. Now, he does get hit with a few strikes as well, and talking to him this week, he was kind of saying that he went back and looked at his tape and he saw dif- different things that he does badly and does well and, you know, he's, he's improving, you know, he knows he's not the, the finished article and stuff like that. And he got caught very early with one and I don't know he's, he, he bursted one part of his face open anyway he was bleeding but uh, other than that dominant that, that question mark kick was absolutely brilliant and he got the finish as well so you know we we obviously we've yeah. been talking the guy was 4-0 and as well like yeah. he's 1-0 he's himself going in against a guy 4-0 yeah, he's not like short notice as well, yeah. not, he's, you know it is, a, it is a test you know and uh, he, he passed it easily with a with a highlight reel finish. Like you know, it wasn't wasn't flawless as you mentioned. He he does get hit, but this is MMA. You know, yeah. you're gonna get hit. You're definitely gonna get hit. But yeah, lo- looking forward to that. What do you think? Uh, obviously, we want all those lads on the the upcoming Cork card. What do you think about Bellator bringing the card down to Cork? Or Bellator, yeah, uh, Cage like Warriors, it. Cage Warriors. Sorry, not Bellator. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think it's a good idea. Obviously, Graham Boylan has a lot of ties down there and. Um, there's there's uh, just a complete lack of of shows in Ireland. So any any show in Ireland, anywhere in Ireland, is great for our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and look, it's not the best venue in the world. Not gonna lie, now Neptune Stadium. I did my exams there in college and stuff. It's it's a pretty shitty venue, but <laughs> hopefully the cage guards will be able to do it up a little uh, bit. I've been in some fucking unbelievably shitty arenas yeah. over the years in our MMA, so I'd say it's probably on the higher end. Are you going to make a trip down? I hear uh, I hear there's a uh, PT's gone down for making a weekend out of it. I think someone else might. I don't, I don't want to mention exactly who now, but someone else might be coming down as well to make a bit of a crack out of it. Why don't you come down? Bring the, bring the wife know, down. Book into hotel for the weekend. Make a weekend out of it. We'll have a few You never know. You never know. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and everyone else there see it and obviously Bellator is coming up in, in two weeks as well in, in Dublin I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, is it next week now probably or the week after we'll talk about it anyway soon coming up and I've obviously if uh, I've loads of interviews already up with all those people there was a media there a couple of weeks ago so uh, go to the Severe May YouTube and you'll see all the interviews with all those people so yeah, you, you nearly nearly got into a fist fight with Richard Kiley remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. You're lucky, you're lucky to get out alive. Beef, Sean Sheehan, Richard Kiley, go at it in Bellator uh, <laughs> Bellator interview. That lad actually reached out to me after we mentioned the podcast. And I wasn't I wasn't cutting that lad down or anything who put up that article. I just thought it was a bit funny, like, but, you know, fair play to him. You know, I, I respect everyone doing uh, doing a bit of media, whether it's, you know, clickbaity or a bit of crack. But, he's, you know, the, what is it, fightingirish.com or something? They're, they're doing good stuff, so fair play to them, lads. Um, all right, let's talk about Bellator last night. And uh, Jesus, <laughs> Congo. Can we start with Congo? Go on, tell us. I, did, I, did, I always say it, and it always happens, and uh, it's not that big of a like. Oh, I, I, I saw this coming because yeah, everybody sees it coming. But there's it. always some kind of ball striker, eye poke, or fake eye poke, or fake ball striker, something crazy with Congo. Since uh, I don't know, a good few years now, seven or eight years, just these crazy fights where <laughs> something just. Stupid happens and ruins the fight. Do you think he actually got eye poked? What's going on? Like, no, he didn't get eye poked. I didn't get it either. He got like nose poked. He put his tongue. He got punched before that as well, like in the Mm. fucking eye. Like, fuck's sake. The weird, (laughs) the weirdest thing about it is, do you think it was a punch in the eye that like kind of fucked up his eye? Because his eye was fucked up afterwards. Like, 
Yeah, well, like, yeah, I think it probably probably was like uh, a punch, and maybe maybe he thought, oh, it was a finger, because sometimes I think guys get hit with like a knuckle and think it's a finger because it goes right into the right. But yeah, I don't know. You should just be for Ryan Bader. It's fair. Oh, the fans, it's just fucking. It's, it's very Jack Congo, and it's terrible. Yeah, I might be a bit cynical here, and I think we're both probably yeah, a little bit cynical. I think I'm very cynical about Congo. Like, yeah, me too. I, I feel like this. And this is my honest feeling, and I might be wrong, and you know, this mightn't be fair and balanced, but this is, I'm going to tell you my honest feeling. When, who's the referee? Uh, Mike Beltran. When Mike Beltran stopped him and goes, Oh, stand up after there was a foul, that second. That, you thought it was over. I, I said, Czech Congo's going to, he's losing this fight. Everyone, you know, she was getting yeah. beat on the feet. He got taken down. Czech Usually Congo, you think, ah, oh, here, this is annoying. It's going to break the photo fight. You don't yeah. think the fight's going to be over. Yeah, but the, with Congo, you think, this, oh, this, this is second, over. he's going to look for a way out. That was my, and I'm, that might be unfair to Czech Congo. And I, it probably is, but that's, that's just what I felt. I felt like he was looking for a way out and he found it, to be honest. And, you know, it wasn't classified. I'm giving it a one point eight. I don't think it was a great fight. Uh, you know, Ryan Bader. It, you'd one feel point sorry. eight. Where, yeah, where did they get the eight. one point eight from? <laughs> I don't know. It's just because I, I you know, it, that's a bad score. Like it's a, that means it's a bad fight. I think Lord has like worst fight ever. You know, like fucking Francis Singano, Derek Lewis, or something like that, or other Czech Congo fights where he just lays on tops of lads and does nothing for five rounds and stuff. They're worst fights ever. Like it's that you know, Bader hit him with a few shots and he did get a, a good takedown. He was landing a few what, shots. What, what, what would like a standard average John Fitch fight over the years get? Like, oh, what did uh, if you had to guess an average? Uh, probably probably around the ones and twos. Uh, what did the one? Let me just look here. I, I did uh, John Fitch versus Rory McDonald. If you go to severemed.com forward slash ratings, you'll be able to see all my ratings there. Uh, that was a. F- oh no, hold on, wait. Uh, da, 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 1.7. I okay, get Rory McDonald versus John Fitch. Oh, that wasn't great. What did I give this one? 1.8. Yeah, so it was uh, around to say this is a little bit better than that. So yeah, poor so John this, Fitch. This, this Congo fight was better. <laughs> this somehow. Congo fight was somehow better than it. Yeah, but yeah, not great. I, I wonder will they make. Do you think they'll make the rematch or will just say, fuck's sake, Congo? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, Rampage you see Rampage came into the cage afterwards actually and attacked Ryan Vader basically there was a pull apart so maybe the Cruiserweight Championship of the World might be on the line with Rampage Jackson versus uh, Ryan Vader again two the one the worst fights of, well not one of the worst fights of all time but Ryan Vader just took him down and laid on top of him who for, cares uh, three rounds. Yeah, yeah. who cares no one cares um the featherweight tournament also got started last night in that Bellator card. Uh, some really, really good mm. good fights, some good wins. Uh, Pedro Carvalho, Dublin zone, Ireland zone, Pedro Carvalho slash Portugal zone, uh, beat Sam Cecilia. Look really good. Like Pedro Carvalho, you know, people training in Ireland, he has to be up there with one of the top people coming through now as well. He's, you know, he's he looks really good, look good on the ground, look good on the feet, got the, the neck, cramp, uh, neck crank submission even. Uh, against Sam Cecilia, look, look good. What do you think of Pedro Carvalho? Have you you've known about him obviously for a while? Yeah, well, he's he's looked very good in his last. Uh, he's on a, he's on a, obviously on a good streak, and since he's since he's been over in Ireland, he, he's been doing very well, and he's beaten some some good guys. Like you know, he's not he's not in there fighting bums. He's he, he's beaten really good guys, and he he looks very well rounded, and he lo- he looks a nightmare to to fight against as well. He, he's a very difficult guy to go out there and look good against. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And look forward to to seeing what's next and in that tournament as well. You know, Derek Campos got a good win against Daniel Strauss. I think he injured his foot or something early on. He's he had a sore yeah. arm as well at the end of it. Was. Do you see what happened to him? He kind of just collapsed in like the first two minutes of the fight and just didn't really get up after that. Yeah, it seemed. Yeah, it seemed like when it was when the fight was called off, he kind of had his arm in a weird position across his body. So maybe there was there was something to do with that. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't hear anything afterwards, but yeah, there was there was definitely something going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Barrocks as well, the guy who beat um, Aaron Pico in his last fight, got a good win against Pat Kern. Yeah, Barrocks is. Yeah, and it was, it was nothing was really happening. And then he just threw this big yeah. knee and. He, he flurried and, and it looked like time was going to expire, but it looked like time did expire mm-hmm. as well uh, at the end of the round. But Frank Trigg was, was the referee. Big elbows and big shots. Mm-hmm. And Trigg was telling him, you have to move, you have to defend yourself. And he wasn't. And he, he kind of went in at the buzzer, but Trigg said he was finished. And uh, I, mean, I, I tend to agree. Yeah, it, it was a good stop. Barrocks is a bit like um, Yoel Romero. He just waits and he waits and he draws like a big shot and knocks lads out. I don't know how how you can keep doing that all the time at featherweight but maybe he can you know he's if he's an assassin like that and knocked out two good guys now in a row and pat corn and arm pico so uh 
you know, he's he goes on in that tournament as well. Emmanuel Sanchez got a win. Daniel Scary Carey got a win as well over against Gaston Balanos. Uh and uh yeah, other stuff happened on that card as well. So there you go. Um right, let's get into what's coming up next week. And I'm after clicking out of where I was to look at uh to look at the, the ratings, but I'm gonna go back. And KSW fifty is coming up next week, and this is a huge card over in London, Phil DeFries uh, against uh, Damian Grabowski. Is that fight happening or Phil DeFries against someone else? But Phil DeFries fighting anyway. Roberto Saldic is fighting. It's Luis Enrique. It's, it's Luis Enrique. Yeah, Enrique. You're, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking at me. Hey, Junkie, will you fix your website here? Why am I looking at me, Junkie? I should be looking somewhere else. Um, Norman Park against Martin Vorshek. I suppose we'll talk about that one first. What you think of that fight? Mar- Norman Park, Marcin, Marcin Vorshek. He was obviously on the team with Conor McGregor for the, the Ultimate Fighter. Good opportunity yeah, for I Park think, to win the uh, title. Uh, yeah, Park's like a big guy uh, for for lightweight, and I think uh, the Polish zombie, uh, his nickname, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, a little smaller, and, and he definitely he's definitely a good fighter. But I, I think Norman Park's just gonna win at a decision, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. Look, Park just is obviously a very good grind. Five rounds as well. You know the weight cut. It's it's interesting to see. Yeah, Park. Like, uh, is he gonna make weight? Like, you know, he's missed it enough times in the past that that's always a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is a question, and even if he does make it, you know, has uh, you know, will getting down to make it take a little bit out of him when it comes to the fourth and fifth round? Now, Norman's never really shown bad cardio, to be honest, and he's you know he's always goes strong and you know out cardios lads a lot of times as well. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't worry about it too much, but it's it's definitely a factor you have to talk about. I'd fancy him to win as well. I think Warshak is a very good fighter, but I think Norman Park might be one of the most underrated fighters in the world. You know, he's he's good uh, striking, very very good grappling, good against the fence and everything like that and you know he's he's judo hips as andrew mcgahan used to always say he's a very tough uh, opponent for anyone so i'm looking forward to seeing that uh thomas narcoon as well uh is fighting a lad whose name i can't pronounce uh let's give it a go prejuslaw mycelia <laughs> no idea uh as i said roberto Saldes as well one of my favorite lads in the world to fight or to to watch he's another one of your favorites your girl catherine costigan is on the card she as well. is limerick's own catherine costigan is on the card against uh, alexandra riola so that should be uh should be good as well apparently alexandra's a good prospect catherine hasn't fought in a good while so it's interesting to see uh how she yeah catherine's fights are usually not great let's be honest not so, great at all you're so mean Let's be honest. You said it should be should be a good one. I don't know if it if it it will be. Yeah, did I say I didn't even know that? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. (laughs) But sure, look. Just because she's from Limerick doesn't mean she's a exciting fighter. (laughs) Oh really? Limerick girl. Shot Tobin is fighting the Belter card coming up here in a couple of weeks. So it's a, you know, it's a good time for Limerick MMA. And that, you know, that. KSW card <laughs> Limerick MMA it's Limerick always been MMA. booming over the years Limerick MMA it was the first ever Irish MMA event was in Limerick sure we, we gave you MMA we fucking gave it you should uh, you would read that severe MMA you can't believe a word of it that's true Pete Cigarro what the fuck would he know but there's you know four title fights on this KSW card the lightweight uh, 205 title 170 title and the heavyweight title as well so unbelievable event huge event and KSW always putting on good cards good production good, as well yeah. uh, KSW always yeah, and good, don't hold back. Alan Murphy does a good job as well with the with the uh, with the media and stuff. I know you and him Name have had him. your. <laughs> I know you and him have had your differences over the years. You know, obviously the big powerhouse versus severe MMA beef gone down through the years. But I feel like I. I, I <laughs> why are you laughing at that? I feel like I ended that. I got Alan on. <laughs> why am I laughing at that? Yeah. It's oh, funny. <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. I I always like that. I remember like going up to Alan talking about an event once, and everyone's like, "Oh, powerhouse talking to Severe." Like, what? <laughs> I don't even understand what this is. But yeah, Alan's a sound old lad anyway. And fair play to me. Doing great work with KSW. I think he everything he does with, with their their media and stuff is top notch. To be honest, and their production and everything they do is top notch. So fair play to him. This is a this is a really really good show. So um, what else have we, Graham? What else have we next week? KSW. Okay, the last card here we need to talk about. Unless there's anything, I'm probably forgetting something. If there is something, tell me and I'll, I'll talk about it in the Q and A. Uh, Ally Aquinta, no, not Ally Aquinta. Justin Gaethje versus your boy Cowboy Cerrone. Whew, whew. Oh, Justin Gaethje's my boy. Justin, Gaethje. Gaethje. ah, no, your boy is, is Cowboy. How would you see this fight going? Oh, okay. It should be fun. I see uh, Gaethje uh, boxing him up early with a lot of pressure and knocking him out. Do you? Why? But Cerrone, you never know, like because Cerrone's just like I feel like I say this fucking every Cerrone mentioned, but his boxing defense is is terrible. Um, doesn't move his head, gets flustered if he doesn't get a good start. He 
he never really recovers. He's inconsistent. Like he does have, you know, he could come out there and be the the brilliant Cerrone, but uh, I think Gaethje's going to push him back and box him up and probably finish him. Yeah, I, I feel like Justin Gaethje's going to win as well, but. I think we might rule out the Cowboy Cerrone a little bit too quickly sometimes. I think it'll be a good fight. I think it'll be a good back and forth for two or three rounds. But I think, you know, if you get into a fight with Justin Gaethje where it's a pure scrap, which I think this probably will turn into, you're probably losing that fight, you know. Uh, and I think he probably will lose it like that. But I think it'll be I think it'll be an unbelievable fight for, for two or three rounds or however long it goes. But I just think Justin Gaethje will, will outpower him, outstrength him. Out got him to be honest and win this fight like Cowboy's leg kicks early uh, and Justin Gaethje's leg kicks early are always brilliant I think Gaethje's got the better look leg kicks he has but better leg kicks but I feel like Cerrone is a longer guy and I, mm, I I I think Cerrone's leg kicks are underrated I do think Gaethje will win that battle but it'll be interesting to see that battle as well you know Cerrone at times okay he's not the best defensively as you said but I think his combination throwing and his ability to kind of move at angles in and out with those combinations you know we saw the one against Rick Story which we always see could be could cause a few yeah. problems to, to Justin Gaethje who is a very kind of straightforward attack you you know if Cowboy can circle hit him from those angles coming in and get out again and you know be, be maybe more patient or be maybe a little bit more defensive against Justin Gaethje I think that'd be smart now I think he will do that from the start, but how long can he keep doing that against the unbelievable pressure of Justin Gaethje? That's that's kind of what where the turning point in that fight would be. If he can, you know, if he can do that for a round and a half or two rounds, he could in, he could knock out Justin Gaethje because okay, J- Gaethje is an unbelievable chin and he never stops, but there's only so much a man can take. And Cowboy hits hard and he's well able to hit as well. Uh, but I feel like Justin Gaethje will come through it. Uh, and he'll get in there quick enough to, to take the fight away from Cobra. But really, really looking forward uh, to that one. Um, a good card other than that. You know, yeah, like his eye was badly marked up as well. Like uh, in his last fight, he took a lot of damage against Tony Ferguson. And he, he was stopped due to the eyes. So, like, you know, uh, there's a few guys I can think of. Like, for example, Co- Josh Koshtek, where he, I think it was GSP jabbed up his eye the first time they fought. And he, it was always a problem then for, for the rest of his career. Yeah, so, I don't think this is... only taking a lot of damage over the years as well. Like I think, yes. uh, obviously, Gaethje's taking a lot of shots as well. But uh, Cerrone's been in there a lot of minutes in the UFC, and he's very hittable. And I just, I just, I don't I, I, like. If it went to a decision, I wouldn't be that surprised. But I, I'd be if I had to guess, I'd say Gaethje would put him away, overwhelm him with punches. Yeah, over five rounds, I think someone's getting finished. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think someone will. Uh, Glover Teixeira versus Nikita Krylov. Like that fight, I feel like uh, Glover will take him down and win that one. You know, Glover, as I always say, underrated wrestling. Uh, Krilov doesn't have particularly great wrestling, and I think underrated uh, submissions as well. Submissions, I think yeah. uh, he's just an underrated fighter in general. I think uh, yeah. Glover. We always talk about this as well. Like uh, Nikita Krilov is obviously uh, he's got some flashy and for for light heavyweight and heavyweight previously uh, strikes and stuff, but. Defensively, he's he's not good. Yeah, I, yeah, he's he's all right, but yeah, I, th- I think Glover is very good. Um, Todd Duffy's back after a long time out. He fights Jeff Hughes, well, an absolute beast of an of an athlete. Todd Duffy, so hopefully he can come back and look good. And uh, Mikel Pereira's on this card as well. I believe they're still looking for a an opponent for him. You know, Mikel Pereira. If you don't know him, he's the lad that did the moon salt over in Brazil, and he came in and his first fight and looked unbelievable, like automatic team Sheehan, just a fucking animal. I love Mikel Pereira so much. If you were listening to this podcast, and you know, a lot, a lot of people actually listen this and don't watch the fights and stuff they just listen to it to kind of keep up with what's <laughs> really? happened yeah it's it's funny and because i do that as well with wrestling podcasts and stuff as well i think we actually underestimate how many people do that but if you're one of those people tune in and watch miguel Pereira. this guy is unbelievable he's just if he gets a fucking fight so you know i might be building him up for nothing uh uriah hall is fighting antonio antonio carlos jr and uh, misha sarkanov jimmy crew jimmy crew coming through as well is a really good uh guy coming through i always like misha sarkanov yeah, as well yeah. kind of now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. marcin tabura alessio sakai uh, andrew sanchez marvin vittori marvin vittori looked very good in his last fight as well Chaz skelly coming in there brad katona ireland's own brad katona is fighting uh, hunter lazori so i wonder if you know john kavanaugh might be traveling straight over there the spg crew uh lewis malk as well who once headlined in Ireland is fighting in this card and lots more so there you go and it's always in exciting fights as well Smolka like yeah obviously he's kind of fallen off a cliff a bit or hasn't lived up to anywhere near the potential that some people were touting him for but he's still in exciting fights win or lose all the time so uh, yeah obviously he, he 
he when he <clears throat> when he headlined in Dublin out of kind of strange circumstances of other fights falling apart, he he took advantage of it. It's probably the highlight of his career. And since then, it, 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 I think there's been a lot of like kind of personal issues. I, I may be wrong, but I think he like might have been a bit of a, an alcoholic or something like that. Um, I think that's him. So, like, yeah, um, you know, he he has a lot of talent, and maybe he's one of these guys, <clears throat> one of these guys who can put it all together. Like, I don't think he's, I think he's young enough to to turn it around. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 always kind of interested in Louis Smoker. Maybe it is the the headline in Dublin thing, but I also find him. Me too. I've always liked. Always him, yeah. being exciting fights. Yeah. Hashtag fly never die. Looking forward to that. Should be good. Uh, right before we get to a couple of questions here, we don't do questions that much anymore because we've been doing podcasts earlier. So we'll do a few today. Uh, just um, Justin Gaethje. What's his name? Jorge. Is it George or Jorge? I think it's it's. I don't know. I'm going with Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. It's going to be headlining the card in in Madison Square Garden coming up. They couldn't get card Daryl Hawani. They couldn't get um, Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman done. So this is the headliner. Good decision. Ooh, way better headliner. Yeah, it is a way better headliner. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think do you like this fight as a headliner? Do you think it's it's right? No title. Well, they're putting the BMF title on the line, but no UFC title. On yeah, the line. Dana's actually going with that, is he? Yeah, He's he is. talking about going. I'm, going I'm delighted. Anyway. I'm happy. Very actually, yeah, it's yeah. very pro wrestling. Yeah, I love it. Like, I, I think the UFC needs to do more things like this. Like, I always say, and you they're know, not already devaluing the belts with all these interim fuck belts. The belts fuck the belts. Fuck the belts. Yeah, what we fairy want, tales, as Nate Diaz once said. We want fights. We want fights. Like. Ryan Bader versus uh Don't versus stick two Czech cunts in a fucking phone booth. That's what you want. No, but Ryan. Ba- <laughs> which 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 are you more looking forward to? Right, uh, Justin Gaethje versus Donald Cerrone or Cameron Usman versus Colby Covington. Uh, Czech Congo versus Bader. <laughs> exactly, they might find exactly <laughs> like that's exactly fights. Fights are what matter. It does like when that bell rings and they go in there and they start fighting not one single fucking person cares that there's a bit of leather and a bit of tin outside waiting for the winner to be put over their shoulder we don't care we don't care and i think we need we forget about that sometimes or mayweather mcgregor had some kind of funny belt as well didn't it? <laughs> yeah exactly like that's the most uh okay apart from pacquiao mayweather but up there with one of the most high selling highly anticipated fights of all time no belt on the line mcgregor versus diaz this the second one the first one crazy yeah but not really line, you know you know they're made up one like the bmf one mcgregor versus diaz the highest they're all made up aren't they? <laughs> that's true the highest selling mma card of all time no belt on the line fights matter great fights for mma fans everyone listen to this it's great fights we want to see for casual fans and all that. It's the great like the matchups, the the builds, the, uh, the 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 beef that we want to see. The hype. I love titles. I think titles are great. I think I love watching title fights. I love seeing different champions and you know talking about them. But at the end of the day, great fights are what we should care about the most. And you know, I I I, I want to see the, the guys who deserve it getting their title shots and all that. Hundred percent, I'm not taking away from that. But if they hand us a great title, a great fight, if it's uh, even if there's not a title on the line, and they make it five rounds like Diaz versus Masvidal, we can't ever complain about that. I think that's fantastic. There's loads of cards, you know. There's oversaturation. We talk about it all the time. There's plenty of cards to put plenty of belts to put plenty of title fights on. Let them at it. But this one, I wouldn't care if they made Usman versus Covington the co-main event in this. This, I, I think this fight means more than that. I really do. And it's, it's a weird. Well, Nate Diaz is, is obviously uh, you know a much bigger draw than either the than most nearly all the the champions so i don't think the, the champion like previously like years ago the, the champion would always be the, the the title fight but i don't think that's necessary i think it's it doesn't matter <laughs> that is true uh right let's answer a couple of questions here i'm going to take a few from patreon this is a very very interesting question from andy hall right um We've always acted like Ferguson is always the ace up the sleeve, so to speak, whenever Habib is fighting. Oh, if he loses, Ferguson could beat him. But what happens if Ferguson gets taken down and mauled like everyone else? What happens after that? Who do we have as a possible kryptonite for Habib? I think that's a fantastic question. If Habib goes in there and smashes Tony Ferguson, what are we going to talk about then? Like, There's no ace up the sleeve. There's no one left like, oh, this is the guy coming up. There, well, I the, know someone will emerge. If he, can, if he can keep winning, there's a... There's a McGregor if he can go in there and beat somebody like, you know, Cerrone, Gaethje, Quinta, whoever, Pettis, Felder, where, you know, there's always guys coming, like, especially in a, such a talent-rich division like Lightweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, someone will emerge, but I don't think anyone will emerge with a 12-0 and 0 
murder well, maybe not murder but lots of good guys on his on his record like Tony Ferguson has like you know everyone talking about him being the next guy and him deserving it as he 100% is that's not going to happen what, what if Gregor Gillespie keeps for you mentioned yeah. him earlier like uh, what if he just keeps winning can beat somebody's top ranked or higher ranked guys yeah maybe maybe but I've, I don't know he doesn't really have the style as Tony Ferguson as well and isn't as well known and as you said you know he doesn't have Eddie Bravo and Joe Rogan and Brendan Sharp talking about him on a podcast that you know 5 million people see or whatever so yeah maybe but I, I feel like like uh, Andy said there you know the, the one we always talk about we always okay someone might look back and say Gaethje someone might look back and say um, uh, Gregor Gillespie or McGregor or whatever but everyone you know and everyone was saying McGregor before that but everyone has always been saying Ferguson we'll see what Ferguson does we'll see Ferguson next and if Ferguson happens that's no longer there I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens after that you know if he does beat Ferguson but however uh, Christopher Graham after tonight who should Connor face on his return uh, Habib Tony winner uh, Cowboy Gaethje winner Nate Masvidal winner Poirier rematch order I've seen a few people saying the Poirier rematch for McGregor what do you think of that one yeah well for Poirier I, d- I don't know if it makes sense like he probably want to you know he's he's talking about going back and thinking rebuilding he seems to be talking if he's going to fight again I, I think he will obviously because it's MMA but maybe he that would be a bit too much too soon for him mm-hmm yeah, yeah, maybe if he's emotionally vulnerable. <laughs> he goes into a, a, a camp like he, the last time he was in a in a kind of v- verbal uh, exchange for m- months with McGregor. It, he it got to him. He said himself. He, he said he never hated somebody or he, so much in his life or something. And then he he like kind of learned a lot from that, obviously. But um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> the Diaz fight, I think, is. One for the future. They're not going to make that straight away. They're probably going to do the Connor one after after the next to be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, right, last question here from Ian O'Neill uh, from Cage Warriors UFC Bellator cards this week. Who are your top three performers uh, from the from the weekend? Um, for me, it's hard to look past Habib. You know, so dominant, so good, just unbelievably good. Um, you know Jack Cartwright as well, who went in and, and got the got the win and decimated two lads. Looked absolutely phenomenal. He has to be up there. And uh, who else, Graham? Who would who would your third one be? Um, Czech Congo. Yeah, Czech Congo. Um, oh, it's hard. It's hard. Like uh, there, there wasn't really that much. Um, Paul, Paul Hughes was really good. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. I was thinking of him and Ian Gary just there. Like Ian Gary obviously had the spectacular question mark kick, so mm-hmm. maybe him. Yeah, well, I, I'll give Paul Hughes. You can give Ian Gary. We'll, we'll take one each, so we don't give anyone mad or anything. <laughs> but anyway, Joe, Cal- Joe McCalgan was probably in the fight of the weekend as well. So hard to take it away from him. But uh, yeah, look, good weekend of MMA and a good weekend hopefully of MMA coming up. Uh, here next week it's actually great that this week was an international weekend i usually dread the international weekends but this week i i'm i was like i'm happy this week you know what's happening i really realize man united are not playing so that's what happened it's great that man united are not playing i don't have to get uh mad or sad or glad oh uh, it's terrible poor you for me <laughs> my heart bleeds for you <laughs> 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 i know it's great fun like to be honest like it is great fun watching man united be shit like but it, it, i kind of do miss like you know the the back and forth with man united fans are, they've gone awful quiet like it, and i know I, you know it's a pity I, like, it's a pity that like you know man united were really really good for years uh, okay liverpool really good. Not good at the same time yeah like it would be more fun if like you know the pressure around like a man united derby is is huge or whatever but it, when if it was like you know man instead of man city it was man united going yeah. 98 97 points or whatever or something like that like it would be more it would be more exciting and it would mean more and it would be more nerve-wracking and all that stuff as well so you do kind of miss that a little bit but it is like don't get me wrong it is hilarious watching like uh, man united be horrendous and david de Gea letting terrible goals and refuse to catch crosses into a six-yard box and uh, missing penalties and it's, it's, it's hilarious like it definitely is hilarious but uh it would be fun if man united were where man city are yeah all right, everybody. But, you but ruined, you ruined I my weekend. They, they, they just get relegated. <laughs> you, you, you ruined my weekend. Yeah, how dare you? Uh, all right, everybody. That's it from us from the podcast for this week. Uh, tune in. Patreon.com forward slash Superman Podcast for the Q&A uh, during the week. 
thanks everyone for listening and all we have to do now is ended on the inspirational quote of the week when you love what you have you have everything you need we'll see you next tuesday or sunday or monday or saturday sometimes